Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, hello! I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. We have a guest today from the Locked On Network. I urge you to check out all the Locked On podcasts out there, but especially Locked On Chiefs. My man Ryan's here. Ryan, what's shaking, man? Same old, same old getting through camp, right? Yeah. Um, just a, a quick question to you, and I've really noticed it. I'm so close to the Steelers as well as the rest of the league. Does preseason get harder and harder for you to watch? It just seems like the coaches put <laughs> few, fewer guys of note out there than ever. Yeah, you know, the caution in this league is just growing farther and farther because too many people have gotten hurt too easily for no reason, right? Yeah, yeah, I I don't blame them. It's exactly what I'd be doing if I was a head coach, if I had four preseason games to deal with. Um, Before we start getting specific, you know, position groups and kind of just buzzing through the Chiefs situation, tell me if you think I'm, I'm on on my assessment of where this team is overall. And I think... That my favorite, as much as I love watching games, the offseason is maybe my favorite part because that's when teams tell us things. And I thought the Chiefs offseason was very telling in that they know they're good, but I think they know they're not great. (laughs) You know, that you see New England, you see some of these other teams that are consistently great. And I think they're trying to ride the fence of living for today and living for tomorrow. And their draft told us a lot of that. Obviously, the Mahomes pick. Trading up, giving up a first-round pick to go get your guy that probably won't play this year, hopefully, because you're good enough that he doesn't have to. (laughs) But even the Caspignol pick in the second round, I mean, he's not an NFL-ready guy. And then Hunt in the third round was kind of a live-for-today pick. I mean, it it seems to me that they're going to try to be as competitive as possible and still be successful slash rebuilding. Yeah, and you know, it's it's on multiple levels. It's not just like the GM's replacing a couple of guys in the scouting department or uh, you're looking to expand your analytics group or something like that. It was really the fact that uh, the ownership felt that they'd gone as far as they can under the direction of John Dorsey. And, and though it was kind of a shock at the time, you could see how some of the decision-making led up to that point. And really, uh, they are feeling mostly like they're set for tomorrow. But I do like the the hunt pick. I think they missed on something. They should have got another corner in this last draft to try and, and bolster that group who looks like it's hurting pretty good right now. Yeah, and we'll get to that because there's a couple areas of concern I have for this team. But... What I was thinking more along the lines of is a quarterback, obviously. And, you know, let's start there. Smith is clearly the starter. It amazes me Reed even had to say that the other day. Um, But I think they know his ceiling. Without a doubt. There is, you know, just too much evidence to the contrary that uh, he can get you to that playoff. Although, I will say this there's kind of a new version of Alex Smith in in this year's training camp. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that they bring in not only a a young quarterback, uh, but a quarterback that's so diametrically opposed to Alex Smith, both with the big arm that that can get down the field, as well as 
uh, not being near as risk averse. Uh, you know, he's going to gamble a little bit more. He's going to try to do some things that Smith would not attempt. I think what that's done for Alex Smith is made him a little more trigger happy. He's taken a few more chances in the preseason, obviously with nothing on the line, uh, but he's throwing the ball downfield just as well as he ever has, if not better, and he's just as accurate. So I think really that little bit of pressure from behind, even though he's the, the designated starter, uh, might see him throw a few more interceptions and, and really take some more chances down the field during this season. Yeah, that's interesting, and that's something I said when they drafted Mahomes was, I, originally I looked at it from the opposite perspective of, hanging around Smith might be good for Mahomes to reel him in a little bit and know when to fold him, so to speak. Um, but then in the other perspective, I thought too, is this is going to put heat on Smith. And if the, if this organization is going to get a diametrically opposed style of quarterback to what I am, maybe I need to change a little bit. Yeah, and I, I like the concept of both of them rubbing off a little bit on each other. You know, you can tame down some of Mahomes' tendencies to just gamble for gambling's sake. Uh, and as he matures through this season, uh, hopefully without injury to Alex Smith, he doesn't have to play. Although, if there is any injury to Smith, he's clearly the best quarterback in camp outside Alex Smith. So uh, you'd like to see him take some of that maturity on pretty quickly in case he has to get pressed into service. Yeah, and I think you're dead on there. Um However, that when I look at their weapons now, uh, a lot of big play options, they look a little more Mahomes-friendly than they look Alex Smith-friendly. Yeah, I mean, you can't get away from what Tariq Hill is, right? Yeah. And he's really going to become the the focus of the passing game and really of the offense in general. There's been there's been a lot of rumor unsubstantiated, but a, a nice little thing that came out when uh, – the NFL Network was up there. Alex Marvez was talking and let something slip. They probably the, the team doesn't want out there that they're really looking to more than double his touches in this coming season. And when you look back at what he did late in the 2016 season, he was averaging 10 touches a game. And if they can double that, Tariq Hill is going to be a guy that is going to stretch that field. And that's going to become a bigger chunk of that offense. Uh, and I think that really helps Travis Kelsey as well. I do too. And I do some fantasy work too. And, a little birdie close to the the Chiefs organization told me, Matt, if you thought if you thought Tyreek looked un, unstoppable last year, he's even better now, and the Chiefs know it, and they're going to feed him a ton. Is that kind of what you see going on here? Yeah, every word that I've heard out of camp as well is that they are trying to take it easy with him physically uh, because of what the load is that they're planning to give him come the season. Uh, and it's been notable that there's been whispers back and forth without coming out and saying it that um, they're real happy with the progress he's made in terms of the route tree, in terms of the offense, being able to read where he's supposed to go. And I think the mental side of Tariq Hill's game uh, might be the thing that sets him over the top this season. With Hill and Kelsey basically the top dogs in the receiving game, who's the third guy in the pecking order? I, I think it's clearly Chris Conley. Okay. He's coming into his own in terms of a guy who's always had the physical skills, oh, yeah. um, but hasn't really done it. And so what he's shown is is a, a thicker, stronger frame and a willingness to be more aggressive in his route running. He's playing the press off of himself better and allowing himself to get, while not more separation, but clearer separation for especially a quarterback that doesn't want to throw into coverage or anywhere near it. Uh, I think he's a guy that I don't want to call him a possession guy because I think that pigeonholes him too much. Uh, he should be a red zone threat. He should be a guy that when your primary guys are covered, that he should be wide open 
across, especially across the middle. His crossing route work is great. He runs the out really nicely. Uh, he can move the chains. Yeah, and of course he's going to see a lot of single coverage. Uh, Reed is also great at designing these concepts around his quarterback, does it extremely well. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to just take a second here to tell people about our buddies at SeatGeek. They've been friends of the Locked On Network now for quite some time. Uh, I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. I'm sure you do too. It's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere. And with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. I have actually used SeatGeek in the past, you know, of, of late to go to Penn's playoff games. Um, my buddies use it all the time to go to Steeler games. They're psyched for about all that. And, you know, concerts, any kind of event. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades on grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every t- purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket. Sports, concerts, comedy, theater, all the above. So, here's what you do. All my listeners, they get 20 bucks off their first SeatGeek purchase. You just download the SeatGeek app, enter my promo code, which is L-O-N-F-L. That's promo code L-O-N-F-L for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. So, I sort of overlooked the running back situation. We talked about Hunt, but he looked really good. You know, this second game, they ran all over. (laughs) I mean, but what's interesting is Spiller is still there and he looks okay. West had a big game. I don't think Ware's a, a poor back, but I still think it'll probably be Hunt in the end if I had to pick one. You know, the coaching staff really likes Ware and what he brings to the table in terms of not only his physical ability, but his attitude. Um, they're working hard to get Hunt up to speed on pass protections, and that's that's really, I think, going to be the, the pivotal point of when Hunt can actually play significant snaps. Uh I don't know that I see either of them really being a bell cow. I, mm-hmm. I think this is a classic committee that they're just going to go back and forth. Whoever's got the hot hand and let them run. I've been pretty surprised by Spiller's, you know, yeah. resurgence for lack of a better word, but he looks spry. And, you know, really the debate in Kansas city is, do you keep four running backs who clearly have talent in, in an effort to kind of stockpile them against injury? That's what I think they should do. Do you know if West or Spiller is much of a help on special teams? I would imagine Spiller is not. You know, other than the return, I think he could probably get himself a little bit of a role there. But no, neither of them contribute a whole lot in that area. And that's, you know, that's the coin flip. Yeah, they're not core special teams guys. That makes it tough. They'll keep four. Um, On the offensive line, there's not a lot to discuss unless there's something you wanted to bring up. But when the season ended, I looked at this team as if they had three or four really big needs. And I thought guard was one of them. I've sort of come around on that even though they haven't done anything at the guard position but it did surprise me that they didn't use an earlier pick there you know and I could have gone for that too clearly they are very happy with the progression they've seen from the French Canadian Laurent Duvernay Tardif over on right guard Uh, he he started out well behind playing uh college football in Canada, but he has continually progressed and, and they think that his ceiling is somewhere up there in, in the top echelon of guards in this league. Now on the other side, 
that's the question mark for me. They, they gave uh, Brian Wittsman a little bit of an extension to keep him under contract. He's who they've started in this preseason. Uh, just a day or two ago, they got their fourth-round pick from a couple seasons ago back in Parker Iyengar, who um, got about five games in his rookie season and got hurt. Um, they're real high on his athletic ability, especially in space, and he's a guy that they're hoping can come back uh, and fight off the competition for that left guard spot. And if he can get back in there, he had good chemistry with Eric Fisher and Mitch Morse, the guys uh, lining up on either side of him. Uh, and that may kind of make your line more than the sum of its parts. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, again, if that's your only real weak area, you can scheme around it. And, you know, Erringer does have some upside, too. Like you say, he's a good athlete. Um, let's switch to defense. And defensive line swaps out Poe for Logan. Which, the way that Poe played last year, I don't know that that's a step backward. I mean, I think Logan's a fine player, and to get him the price they did is a steal, in my opinion. And I think Chris Jones is a real breakout player. I couldn't argue with you on either point. I think the Chiefs got lucky in getting Logan where they did because yeah. he needs to play a nose. I think he's best in that scheme. And, and when they had him in a three-tech in, in Philadelphia, I think it, it hurt his overall value. Uh, so they got a deal there. And Chris Jones, he can do anything anywhere. I would not be surprised to see them have a couple of stand-up linebackers and have him be the only down lineman in certain situations uh, because his penetration skills are so far and above uh, what you see from other D tackles in the AFC West, but on the Chiefs in particular. Uh, he could be a guy that you're going to have to double, maybe even triple team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a ton of ability there, and I thought he exceeded my expectations as a rookie as well. Who else do you like or have concerns about amongst the defensive linemen? You know, the guy that I'm really happy to see back is Alan Bailey. Not a big, you know, lauded guy, but a a grinder in the run game and has moments where his pass rush can pay off. Um, I think really, again, this is a situation where the defensive line is going to be better, stronger as a group than it is any one individual. And the other thing is that they got a nice veteran, Roy Miller, who can play the run really well, can sub in it at multiple positions. And I think, you know, one to six, this is the strongest team line they've seen in Kansas City in probably six or eight seasons. Yeah, and there's a lot of different shapes and sizes now, too, which is great for situational football. Uh, you don't see the rookie playing a lot, though, right? You know, the, the rookie's really interesting because they, they drafted him – Knowing that he played outside in college and saying that they're going to bring him down into a five technique. Well, as the preseason's gone on, he's been taking snaps all over the place from mm. three tech all the way outside to stand up outside linebacker. Um, I don't know when it's going to click for him, but I think sometime it's going to click for him. Uh, maybe even his rookie season, he's going to be able to spell some guys and he's got such a unique blend of size, length and burst that I think he might be able to do a little bit. Hmm. Maybe by the end of the year, him and Jones are lining up on the inside you know, with two studs on the outside in passing down situations, perhaps. You know, if he moves along. Who knows? Right. With them and Justin Houston, D4, that's kind of a, a nice four-man front right there. Yeah. So let's talk outside linebackers. Does Houston look healthy? Or are we optimistic about him? We know what he's capable of. I like Ford, but I think his stretch of sack numbers was a little inflated. I mean, I think he's a nice player, but I think he's more of a two and then you still have Tom Bahali. I mean, so nice situation going on there. Yeah, it's a rough problem to have. Uh, Justin Houston is back to 100%, and he's eager to prove it. I think that's probably the biggest thing for him. Uh, he's been very adamant about 
that he feels like he's finally back to 100% for the first time in a couple of seasons, and then he wants to go out there and show that. And D. Ford, while I don't disagree with you, I think he's still progressing as well. He's another guy that they drafted high that they needed time for. Uh, He spent a lot of time this offseason working with Chuck Smith, and his pass rush ability and his ability to train young players, I think, is is pretty well known, and I think that's really the feather in the cap for D. Ford. Can he put it all together this season? Maybe. Uh, if not, you do have the veteran in Holly, and they have a couple of guys that you know they're going to rotate through there and see what kind of spark they can get as well. For those that don't know, I mean, on the back end, the, the Chiefs play a lot of dime. I mean, they, they like a lot of defensive backs on the field, and a guy like Barry's versatility helps that way. But do you agree that the two biggest concerns for the team are the number two corner and the number one slash two inside linebacker? Yes, adamantly. Okay. Uh, and for me, it's it's kind of a toss-up. You've got, at both positions, you've got Peters on one side, Derek Johnson on one side, and just a slew of athletic, young, talented guys, both vying for right corner as well as the Mike Backer spot. And it's really just a battle. At inside linebacker, you've got Rameek Wilson, who was cut last preseason, brought back, ended up starting the bulk of 2016, uh, and has made some significant progress in terms of his ability to, to read and to get off on the snap, which was something that was really lacking last season. Uh, then they brought back Josh Maga, who has played for this team before and is a, is a favorite of Bob Sutton, who knows the defense in and out and gives you that veteran competition. And supposedly they're vying for that starting spot. And then they've got guys like Kevin Pierre-Lewis, who they just traded for, who is obviously a big uh, size speed guy that gives you coverage ability in if you want to go big nickel and also gives you you know some downs that he can just play and rush the passer as well I mean, we're eager about him uh, and then same thing for young guy uh, Marcus Aligue who's just got a lot of burst but is really really raw uh, former Forest State guy who had to transfer kind of a long road but uh, very interesting competition there yeah uh, the more go ahead I'm, I'm sorry. sorry no no do it uh, the, the the more intriguing battle is really at right corner because you have guys who've played the position. Um, a lot of the top two right now are looking like Steven Nelson as well as Philip Gaines. And they're guys that have had success in the, in the nickel and can play inside on the slot. And then they kind of shift around when they're trying to play that right corner because they just haven't found the answer that's a stand-up every down right corner opposite Marcus Peters. So they're rotating through that. They've got some young guys as well that they're trying to get through there. Um, it may be, again, a committee situation where you're looking at matchup and tendencies and they're just going to swap those guys around for whatever they think they can get is their best matchup against the given opponent. Yeah, we're going to talk some more Chiefs here in a moment, but that, that inside linebacker situation is a little more appealing from your mouth than I would have expected. I mean, so it gave me a little bit of ups, you know, a little bit of um, hope for it because I, th- I, th- I really worry about if Johnson's a truly declining player, where that situation is going to be. But I want to give everyone a second just to um, be aware of the Locked On Chiefs podcast, the entire Locked On network. It was started with NBA. Now we're doing NFL. Most of the teams are covered, and the other ones that aren't will be soon. So I do urge you to check on the entire Locked On network. Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. 
Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details. All right. So, Ryan, we had talked about the sub-package situation. You know, we know Barry. We know Peter's star power galore there. First off, do they look better than that? Do they look as good as ever? They, they do. You okay. know... Parker has been playing very, very few snaps this this preseason. I think they're saving him because they they want him to be a little bit more of a playmaker. Uh, Barry's had a heel on and off. He's going to make his first appearance of the preseason in the third game, uh, probably limited snaps. But uh, again, rolling towards the regular season, nothing to be concerned about there. They're just saving their stars, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, as the rest of the league is. So who else should we expect to see on the field in passing situations? You know, you're going to see a lot of Dan Sorensen out of uh, BYU. He has come a long way since they brought him in. Uh, they really like what he can do, uh, both in the box as well as in coverage. And he's just got an eye for the ball. You know, I think he was in part in uh, eight turnovers last season. And that's, you know, for a defense that lives and dies by the turnover, uh, that's something they're not going to get away from. You're going to see a lot of him when Sutton goes to his three safety package, which is one of his favorite groups right. uh, that are out there. Uh, and then as well as a guy that didn't get much playing time, hardly any on defense last season, is Eric Murray out of Minnesota. Uh, Second-year player, uh, making that transition from really a slot man-press corner uh, to a free safety jack-of-all-trades. And he's got a little bit of spark in both ways, and they're really trying to bring him along. He's eaten up all of the snaps that Eric Berry would normally see in the preseason. He's gotten a lot of looks so far. And we know Barry can do everything, but which of the safeties are they most comfortable with near the line of scrimmage as a, quote, pseudo-linebacker type? You know, they're they're comfortable with Barry being somebody that can come downhill. Mm-hmm. Trying to get somebody in the box to line up next to Derek Johnson, they're probably going to go with Sorensen for the most part. They yeah. like him there, and they like Barry to be able to roam a little bit more. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, anything else to touch on? Is there any special teams notes? Is there – do you have a – a breakout guy that we didn't mention, or is there a, an area of concern that we should talk about, or what? What are any anything else I missed? Well, the big area of concern is can they correct what the Steelers did to them last season, and between the new guys along the defensive line and that Mike Backer position, that that triangle is going to be really what makes or breaks this team. I, I expect the Patriots to go after him with it pretty well there in the first week of the season, and it's really about. Can those linebackers make that transition and be able to stop the run better? Because the secondary is opportunistic, and we know they have a pass rush. If they can just manage the down and distance situation, I think they're going to be in good shape. But I want to ask you something because yeah, yeah, I know yeah, you've on. been not a guy that's huge on Alex Smith, right? No, I'm not. <laughs> so here's the thing. When you look at the rest of the roster, if Smith is feeling that pressure from Mahomes and, and is able to up his game in terms of uh, lengthening the field, taking stabs down the field, yeah. if you get more production out of this quarterback, say he's 4,200 yards or something like that, and who knows how many touchdowns, do you feel like this team's ready to take that next step and make an AFC championship game, or are you still down on them? Maybe, because I think the AFC is pretty weak. I mean, like when I look at the league, I think New England stands alone. And then the second tier, I have Seattle and Pittsburgh. So, obviously, I have another AFC team ahead of Kansas City. But then there's a lot of 
guys in the AFC. You know, like, I'm not totally sold on Oakland. Uh, the rest of the East is bad. I don't like the rest of the North that much. The South is young, and I don't think that they're uh, ready for prime time yet. So, um, if Kansas City wins their division or gets a bye, could they certainly get to AFC Championship level? Absolutely. Um, as could Oakland. I also think San Diego is better than people think. Um, San Diego or Kansas City does not have an easy schedule. You mentioned I always feel for that team that has to go to the Super Bowl champs in week one. I mean, what a nightmare <laughs> that is. And the right. division's brutal. Um, so, yeah, because I do think Andy Reid's a great coach. I think there's a foundation in place. We had a hard time coming up with weaknesses. Smith is a professional quarterback. I mean, he's not like, you know, Houston could have a great defense, but who knows what Deshaun Watson is. You know, at least we know what Smith is, good or bad, and he has taken teams to the postseason, has had success there. Yes, but uh, I think in the end they know that's unlikely, and that's why Mahomes is in the building. Fair enough. I'm really looking for that change to see what he can do and, and what that does for the team overall. I don't know about you, but he was my favorite one in this draft class. So I was, and I said something when he got drafted that the timing in the AFC is really interesting because when he takes over and actually gets good, that might be when the Pats and the Steelers are, you know, without their top quarterbacks. And of course, Carr is going to be around and Mariota's and Lux and those guys. But we might look at this at 2025 and say, that's when the change of uh, power in the AFC really switched was with that draft pick. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Just just depends on when who hangs on the longest, right? Yeah, right. Brian, this was awesome. You got anything else? I think we covered it pretty well. No, I appreciate the time. Thank you. Absolutely, guys. Everyone needs to check out the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Uh, Ryan, what's your Twitter handle, too? I should have mentioned that earlier. I'm at Ryan Tracy NFL, all one word. Okay. Pretty simple. Yeah, I'm at Williamson NFL, so if you can do that, you can do you can figure out Ryan's. Guys, this was a blast. We will check in tomorrow with more locked on goodness. See ya. Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. When Flow flows, she flows in the know. Mind ruminates. The rates shown them all. I heed the call. Seeing the rest, I choose the best. Sometimes it's ours, sometimes it's not. When the fox walks, is it called a fox trot? That's a real question. Compare Progressive Direct rates with competitors' rates. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy.